0: is the Ren and Stimpy.
1: (laughs) Hey, this is Keith Paul Jason and you are listening to the Fatherhood Rocks podcast. Now before we get started with today's installment, I want to take just a moment to thank all the folks who have ever hit like, share, subscribe, left a review, commented, told 5 million of their closest friends. Whatever you've done to help spread the word about the Fatherhood Rocks podcast, I am really grateful because I think it is so important that as men, as fathers, that we start to paint a better picture about fatherhood and not just let it be something that we complain about or something that we are being complained about. Because there's some awesome things going on in the world of dad life over here. Now, on today's episode of the podcast, I have my live interview that we did with Ryan Wallace, who is the director of Cultivate Coffee and Tap House. One of the things that I appreciate tremendously about, well I guess a lot of the things that I appreciate about Ryan, are that one, he is incredibly thoughtful. You can tell that when you're talking to him from very early on in your conversation. Two, you can tell that he's incredibly intentional with the way that he invests his time. Three. He's also very, very, very much driven by his values, and I think you'll hear that over the course of this interview. And finally, I think he's just like, that kind of honest that you want to have in your corner, regardless of whatever you're going through in life. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the interview that I did with Ryan Wallace. Now, about a year ago, when I was getting ready to launch the podcast, Ryan was gracious enough to sit down and listen to some of my crazy ideas. Uh, I shared that I'd like to eventually hold live recordings of the podcast, and here we are a year later making that goal come to life. So I can't think of a better person to talk about uh, their experience with fatherhood. All right, Ryan, thank you for being with me today. Uh, Now before we get into the conversation about fatherhood, can you explain for those who might not be familiar or for those who will be listening later on exactly what Cultivate is all about?
0: Yeah, Cultivate uh, is a social entrepreneurial venture, I would call it, or business, some people would say, um, that's dedicated towards, it's a business that's dedicated and geared towards doing good in the community that it's in. So.
1: Okay, and what are some of the things that you all are focusing on?
0: Yeah, so kind of the bigger idea is uh, we have a certain set of values that are kind of woven through everything we do here and uh, if you've been around if you're a regular here you kind of know these if you're on staff you definitely know these um, but the three are craft. Uh, everything that we do we're striving for excellence in community is that at the end of the day uh, we're about people and if we're not about people then we cease to exist uh, something that gets set around here a lot uh, and then the third thing is that uh, it's cause, which is we're trying to figure out like how we can strive for something greater than just ourselves. Uh, and that includes just this building. How can we stretch out and give back into our community? And so this year, uh, one of our goals is to give away $100,000, uh, which is pretty incredible, I think. And uh, we're, we're actually already on our way towards that because we gave away $8,000, a little over $8,000 in January. Uh, which is a slower, you know, a slow month. So, uh, but we worked really hard as a team and, you know, we were able to reach, you know, that goal. So excited about it.
1: Well, if 8,000 is a slow month, you're well on your way yeah. to being able to exceed that $100,000 goal. And that's part of the reason that uh, I wanted to make sure that we did the partnership between Cultivate and Fatherhood Rocks is because I just love what you all are doing, what you all are about. Thanks and your commitment to those values, which we'll talk about later on. Um, Now, if you heard uh, the interview with Sheriff Clayton earlier, we started off with a round of Think Fast. So I've got a series of 10 questions that I'm going to run you through, and then I'm just going to ask you to provide a quick response to those questions.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: So um, the first one, three adjectives that describe your child.
0: (laughs) Uh, Loving, um, kind, and hilarious
1: okay now your least favorite tv show that your child loves
0: oh my goodness Uh, (laughs) what's the pet one what's the pet thing the littlest pet shop the
1: little the littlest pet shop yeah okay yeah for sure i'm not familiar with that one but (laughs) uh your child wakes up screaming in the middle of the night who gets up first you or mom mom okay Uh, you're changing a diaper and you realize you're out of wipes what is the first thing you reach for?
0: Uh, toilet paper.
1: Okay. Uh, what is your child's favorite color? Uh, pink. Go-to snack for, that you make available for your child.
0: A snack. String yeah. cheese. String sure. cheese. Yeah.
1: Okay. Favorite activity that you enjoy together.
0: Uh, visiting
1: breweries. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, favorite cartoon character?
0: Uh, mine? Or hers? Oh, hers? <laughs> Probably the littlest pet shop. <laughs> the littlest pet shop. <laughs> Those people.
1: Okay, now, your child really wants the littlest pet shop at her birthday party. You find out that the appearance will cost $500. Now, are you going to get the professionals or are you going to paint your face and dress up like the littlest pet shop?
0: professionals professionals yep. awesome okay <laughs>
1: now a uh, story that your child wants to hear over and over again or
0: book oh my goodness is this donald duck book that we read about a thousand times it's donald duck and the chipmunks and they messed up donald's house and donald would get mad at the chipmunks and in the end they all got along but I read that book about a thousand times.
1: So. Now I can hear her laughing over here <laughs> yeah. in the front row. So it sounds like that book definitely left an impression on her. That's yes. great. Okay, so those are all ten questions that I have for you. So thank you for going through that round with me. Um, Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about your daughter?
0: My daughter? Um, man, she um, she's one of the most amazing human beings in the world. Um, and I don't say that lightly. She inspires me all the time. She... Uh, you know, makes me laugh constantly. Um, She's my best friend. Um, Yeah, she's great. I don't don't know what to say. Like, we we have a lot of great times together. We spend so much time together. And, uh, yeah, she's just amazing.
1: And how old is she now?
0: She's six. Okay, great.
1: So uh, what kinds of things, uh, I mean, you've already kind of let us know that visiting breweries is one of your favorite things to do together (laughs) yeah Um, but what kinds of things is she into and what kinds of things do you all like to do together
0: yeah so it's pretty cool she is pretty flexible um, as far as like things that she's into at any given time Um, and some of the things like she likes to do on her own such as she likes to draw a lot Uh, she likes to color Um, she loves to play card games especially Uno is kind of our game that we play so usually we just travel around to to different breweries so one day a week um we take basically the entire day uh, and we just go off to somewhere um, and we visit places and we try not to come to the shop (laughs) as much as possible that day Um, but we're out and about and we draw and we color and we play uno and we visit um, with the brewers and stuff and just recently we went on a trip to one of the breweries and uh, one of the brewers who we knew came out of the back and started playing Uno with us. And Hannah just has this amazing ability to make everyone feel like they need to join in, okay. whatever it is. So yeah, sat and played Uno with us for like an hour and uh, it was a blast. So.
1: That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my My sons love to play Uno with me as well. And I see my oldest son waving at me right now. My youngest son is... <laughs> deep into a Harry Potter book, as I'm not surprised by that, yep. because he loves to read. But they also love to play Uno, and the other day, I think Josiah hit me with a skip you, draw two, skip you, uh, draw four, Uno out combination. Yeah, that's... that's and I said, now, son, <laughs> who... Oh, that was you, Joseph?
0: <laughs> That's the killer combo Okay, right
1: well, I knew it was one of you. I couldn't remember which one it was. It so hit me with that combination. <laughs> but it was a pretty, pretty bad combination to uh, <laughs> to lose to. Um, so, Ryan, now, fatherhood is filled with all kinds of moments that, uh, you know, sad moments, happy moments, but some of the stories that I love to hear are the funniest moments mm-hmm. uh, as fatherhood. Can you think about what may be the funniest moment that you've ever had with your daughter?
0: Yeah, I think overall, she's just... Humorous, so we laugh a lot. Uh, when we're on about. She just does funny stuff and says things that are, you know, an eighteen-year-old would say at the age of six. So that's okay. always humorous. But probably the funniest story I have is the most disgusting as well, of course. But um, before when she was born, um, we she started having a lot of issues right away. And we were wondering what's going on with her, and, and uh, we would bring her into her pediatrician and things like, and uh, who later we let go of <laughs> um, because he didn't find out what was wrong with her. And then we brought her to another pediatrician because she was starting to act really just uh, lackadaisical and just there's something that came over her face that just something was off. And as parents, uh, you kind of have a sense for that uh, and. So we just had a sense that something deeper was happening. And so we brought her to another pediatrician. And basically, she wasn't eating, and she wasn't able to get the nutrition that she needed. So she was kind of starving. So we put her on a new program where she would you know, eat a formula and things like that. But uh, come to find out, like, she also wasn't going to the bathroom. And so I don't know how to say this in so many ways, but I found a way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> through the doctor's advice to make her go to the bathroom. Okay. And I know this isn't hilarious, hilarious, but it it was because in the moment it's something uh, Becca and I were laughing about and crying about the minute that we were able to get her kind of to go to the bathroom for the first time. And so uh, it was probably one of the most funniest moments of my life, just because like why is this such an amazing like feat that we just had? It's like the most ridiculous thing, but uh, I don't know. She kept, yeah, and it just never stopped. It was like she was backed up for two weeks and just oh, kept going man. and going and going and going and going. So, uh, I don't know. That's probably the funniest moment, crying and laughing and, you know. Yeah, you know, I think that, so. that for
1: most fathers, I'm assuming it's a poop story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, So, probably. I mean, most, for <laughs> most fathers, poop stories yeah. tend to be the funniest experiences that we have. Yep. Um, or the scariest. I remember it one time both. with, with yeah. my son um, – I, goodness, uh, Joseph couldn't have been any more than like eight or nine months old. Um, and he, I turned around for just a second while I was changing him on the table and he pulled himself up and started to stand at the edge of the changing table, which is are clearly not meant to be stood on. Yeah, yeah. And he began to lean over the edge and it scared the mess out of me because he fell oh, over God. the edge head first. And I kind of yelled a little bit And as I saw him fall, he landed on his back in a basket of dirty laundry, which completely broke his fall. Lucky there, yeah. And it was one of the scariest, most relieving moments that I've ever experienced. I told my wife that that's a prime example of why it pays to wait to do the laundry. So, um, with that being the case, she wasn't really happy with that rationale, or the fact that I turned (laughs) around for a couple seconds. Uh, But, now... Talk to me for a little bit about why fatherhood is so important to you.
0: Oh, man. Um, yeah, I uh, I didn't have the easiest um, upbringing um, with my father. So um, we've since now in life, uh, just recently, actually, have reconciled a bit. Um, but, yeah, my father left when I was pretty young. And uh, it was really hard. It was hard. And... Um, felt like I was, you know, in a lot of ways, helping to raise the family from a very young age. And that's been some like an impression on me my whole life and that'll shape you as a human um, and as a person. And um, my grandfather basically helped to raise me. And my grandfather was always a, a quiet one, but he, he was always the one to serve everyone in the family, constantly. He was there serving, driving people around, picking people up, giving you the $5 you needed, you know, whatever it might be. And uh, I learned a lot from him, just watching him. Uh, He didn't say a whole lot, and uh, you know, honestly, I wish we would have talked more um, about just why he did what he did. But his actions were so clear that that left a big impression on me. To the point where I just, at some point in my life, like I was, I I made a decision that if anything, I was going to be a great father. Um, Everything else could pass away, but that's the one thing like I won't allow. Um, to 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 become second secondary so to speak, and uh, I don't know I'm a pretty determined guy, <laughs> so I think like just being you know bullheaded so to speak, that's always been a thing that's kind of stayed number one um, above all else and so it's just been a priority and uh, it's never stopped I think since she was born. I mean there's been things that have tried to get in the way and try to compromise that, and uh, they will at times but it quickly snaps back to you know, no, this being a father is my priority. It's, it's, as Sheriff Clayton even said, it's, it's the best thing you can do for the world. And I'm a big guy. That's like, I want to impact the world. I want to shape the world in a positive way. I always have wanted to. And I think the best way I can do that is, um, by, you know, raising up a next generation. Um, that's, that's honestly, that's better than us. And that's my goal is that Hannah, when she grows up is a better human than I am. And, uh, Honestly, most of the time, she's six years old and I already think she's better than me. So it's like, I think I'm doing something right. I don't know what, but uh, I don't know. But that's, yeah, it's just, I do think it's one of the best things, if not the best thing that we can do in order to to shape our world and the ways that we see it.
1: You talked a little bit about your grandfather's influence.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Are there any other people or any other ways that you've learned lessons about fatherhood that you want to share with us?
0: Yeah, so from a young age, I, I had to create wealth. our family um, in order just to make it by, And so that's kind of like how I was thrown into entrepreneurship. Um, That's a whole nother story, maybe in a whole nother podcast someday. But uh, you know, so that was a pattern of of entrepreneurship and that led me to getting obsessed with business and creating wealth and that kind of stuff to a point where like I think it would have gone unchecked in many ways. Like I would have just kept creating wealth more and more, I would say, for myself. and about what, I was 20, I think it was, um, my wife got this job at uh, an investment firm. And there's a guy named Bruce Johnson that worked there. And uh, Bruce sat me down, it was just funny, we became friends really quick uh, with everybody that worked there, and Becca had an amazing experience. But there's the, the owner, Bruce, sat me down and I said, why are your employees so happy? Why do your employees love working where they work? And why, why do you look so happy every day that you come into work? And satisfied, I would say, happiness is fleeting, but he looked satisfied as a human. And I was just, you know, this 20 year old, I had just started a business, was all over the place. Um, and he sat me down and he, he basically said, you're missing the whole point of life. And he was honest with me and straight up with me, just saying like, what are your values? What do you care about? What are you about? It doesn't matter, like if you create all this wealth, like what impact are you having on the world? Like you can create all this wealth and you're gonna have a worse impact um, than you would, you know, if you, were, you didn't have any money. Uh, and so he's, he's, you know, really shaped my, honestly, my worldview in a lot of ways. And so we met for coffee once a week and we'd talk about the things that were important to him. Um, and we'd talk about our beliefs. We'd talk about our vision for the world. Um, and really at that point, I started being able to take all these skill sets and really shape them around a system of you know b- beliefs and values which is something I didn't I didn't have and so I was really fortunate that Bruce Johnson came into my life um, and I never saw a man whose kids loved him more and like employees loved him like it was just a he was a compelling figure And I think that's part of my life is there's things through my life that I've seen these compelling figures and uh, well this is one thing I would say to every father or every every person out there is if you see something that's compelling to you about somebody like go meet with them I was always the guy that went and asked to have coffee I still do I've met with authors I met with you know tons of different people that I shouldn't be able to sit down at a table with and the reason why is I just asked yep I just asked
1: such an important lesson
0: yeah and I have been shaped as a human being in so many positive ways because I asked you know I did that small part and then people, you know, people came into my life and shaped it in amazing ways. So.
1: Okay. Now, you talked a little bit earlier about the fact that you set one day aside a week to make sure that you're devoting that to the time with your daughter. Yeah. Um, can you talk just maybe a little bit more about how you invest time in your daughter while running a business and caring for so many other people?
0: Oh, my word. Uh <laughs> Ah, to be perfectly honest it's like the only thing I set time aside for every week and uh it's that's unfortunate and I'm working at creating more personal health uh it's funny this year was a year of personal health that I had set a goal for creating more space and and things like that for for myself and then uh I've had the flu twice since January I threw my back out three times like it's just it's been a rough it's been a rough start to uh you know you get those goals you're you're excited about and then uh you know, they can get pummeled out of you quickly sometimes as an entrepreneur. But um, overall, like I just think it's it's not easy. But I will have to say, one of the greatest things that's happened is Hannah has become a part of this shop, um, which is a weird dynamic. Raising your child in a bar, so to speak, coffee shop, bar, whatever we are, community space. Um, but the staff has become her family. Um, and the regulars here know Hannah, and Hannah serves them and helps them, and they sit with her, and they they read with her, and they draw with her. And, like, she's just around, all, like, quite often. And she's really become a part of the life of this place. Um, and I think she's one of the things that a lot of people come in, and they see her and are really excited because she puts an instant smile on your face. Um, and she just genuinely cares about each person that walks in so um, yeah I think that's that's a part of the dynamic but as far as me and my time and running it is Keith I'm tired a lot you know Uh I (laughs) I gotta be honest and it's not easy Um, which is a lot of it has to do with sitting down when you do have energy and planning your week out and planning your month out and like you have to plan your life knowing that it's going to be interrupted. Yep. Um but also like planning it. it's like there's this block that exists every week for this child where she gets 100% of my attention and I think that is more important than giving your kid 10% of your attention, you know, with all these extra hours, you know. It's like I think for Hannah especially, giving her 100% of your attention, you know, for a set amount of time is something that she just thrives on. And so just at least trying to give her that Um, and then I do find little ways throughout the week, you know, I'm not just seeing her for, for one day, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, that intentionality then sets a pattern for the rest of the week. So
1: awesome. Now you've already touched on it. Um, but when I think about you. I think about what you're doing here at Cultivate and I think about the commitment that you have to your set of core values. Um, it's evident that everything you do is guided by those core values. Um, is it important that you pass these values along to your daughter? And then how are you intentionally doing that?
0: Yeah, it's vital. Um, it's interesting. The, the values that we have here um, as an organization, didn't, they didn't start here. Um, they started, I think, back when I was 20 years old and meeting with Bruce and starting to shape what those things are and what they look like. And then, you know, spending the next 12 years um, before this place opened, um, from then, just like, Beck and I changed as people and sometimes really, really difficult ways and sometimes in glorious, like amazing ways. And uh, I think this place more than anything is a representation of our marriage, of who we are, of what we believe to be true about the world and what we want to see out of it. And like the reason why we we put on a ton of different events and we raise money and we give back and we you know try to promote um, positive things, I think going into the world is is a reflection of who we want to be. And we're not big talkers. This is maybe the first thing I've done where I'm even talking about this. Um, I'm I've always strived to be like my grandfather, which is just just we're just putting this thing out into the world. And, like, we receive a ton of hate. <laughs> it's amazing, actually, to me. But but we don't care because part of it is, like, we're putting ourselves out into the world and, like, things that we believe to be important and be positive things. And we hope that people will resonate. And for the most part, most, you know, people in this town have resonated with them. But as far as the values go into Hannah, like, they're the same thing. You know, they're this if this place is just a representation of our marriage, um, then hannah the way that we you know basically invest in her and teach her our values is the same things like um first of all everything you do why don't why don't we strive for excellence in it you know like find those things that you really want to be about and do them with excellence and like ask people for help to do that uh figure out how how you need to educate yourself in order to do that well who you need to surround yourself with all those sorts of things in order to do that thing, whatever you put your hands to, so to speak, do it well. And then the second is, you know, we're about people as a family. Uh, we invest into people. We, we, we'll we give the shirts off our back. Everything we have, we'll give back to people if we are asked. And like, that is that is the thing. And even if we're not asked, we're looking for opportunities to invest in people and to invest into their lives and to help them reach their goals. Um, because I think we live in a, in, in a relational economy, like we need to be investing in other people's lives continuously. And that's just the way that I think life should be lived. Because if we die with a bunch of money and we don't have relationships and we haven't invested well into people and haven't changed society in a positive way, then what are we doing? Why are we bothering with this? And then finally is the, the cause piece, which is I'm trying to teach Hannah each and every day and we talk about it all the time, which is like, how do we live outside of ourselves? Like we live in a world that's so narcissistic. And it's like, how do I help her um, think outside of herself and her own little bubble, so to speak, or her own world? And how do we immerse her in kind of the greater conversations that are going on so that she can make an impact long-term? And I think, you know, you know we talk about our giving with her. We talk about our giving of time. We talk about our giving of money. We, we talk about these things. And I think a lot of parents don't. Yeah. And they should. Yeah, absolutely. Tell, tell your kid why you do what you do. Um, because they're listening and she's, she's smarter than I ever give her credit for. So, yeah.
1: That's awesome. I, uh, you know, there's just a couple of thoughts that I have as you're talking about the commitment to values yeah. and just you wanting to be kind of like your grandfather. Yeah. You know, as I think about the fact that my grandfather will turn 95 years old Man. Um, on the 23rd, which is coming up here pretty soon this yeah. week. And, you know, just the man that he was, the impression that he left on me uh, was always a man of the people. Um, you know, was always big in the community. Whenever he would go anywhere, everybody knew him. Yep. Um, and he was always in the middle of uh, either running his own business or helping somebody else do something. Yeah. And that, that left a tremendous impact on me. And maybe that's why you resonate so strongly with me and why I've always been so impressed by the hmm. things that you do. So it's amazing to see that influence. Um, as we're wrapping things up, Uh, Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to offer or any advice that you'd like to offer other fathers out there?
0: Yeah, Um, something you just said kind of sparked this uh, realization, which is actually just realized this now. Um, I think I've thought around this, but I haven't really been able to articulate till right now. I think what I appreciated about my grandfather was the implicit um, way he lived his life. Um, His actions spoke loudly, but it was very implicit. What I appreciated about Bruce Johnson when I was 20 is he was very explicit about the things that were implicit in his life. He was very explicit and was articulate about why things were the way they were. And I I would just say, if if more fathers could first and foremost be implicit and live by your actions, (laughs) and then the second piece we do need though, especially younger fathers, we need that explicit, like, here's... Why values are important. Here's the values I live by. Here's the here's the things that I do, you know, in order to invest in my child. I think that's a lot of the piece that's missing too. Is we just don't even talk about fatherhood. We don't, right. you know, unless we're complaining, right. which is ridiculous. You know, or being complained about. Yeah, or being complained about. Like we need more talk about, you know, what it is that we're actively trying to do to invest in our kids' lives so that they make, you know, that we can make a positive impact in the world. And I think that implicit way we live and the explicit way that we talk about it, um, both of those things need to go together.
1: All right. I think that's a great final thought from Ryan Wallace of here at Cultivate, making sure that you are implicitly living those values and explicitly able to explain them. And I'll add one piece, that you are consistent in your ability to do both. Oh, man. And I think that's a great final thought. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This This is great. Man, that was quite a nugget that Ryan dropped on us to close out the interview there. I agree with him 100%. The fact that you have to be implicit in the way that you're living your life, meaning that somebody can just look at you and understand that your values match up with the way that you're actually living. And then two, that you can explicitly explain why you believe this why this is important why this is the way that you make those decisions and then three the part that i added in just, which is just the consistency piece which i know is what ryan meant but i just added it in there because that consistency part of the conversation can be so hard to do as a father with so many things competing for your attention keeping your children your family uh, as number one as the priority in your life can be a challenge So the commitment to those three ideas is something that is just so, so important. I don't even have to give a final thought for today's episode. But please take a moment to learn more about what Cultivate Coffee and Tap House has going on. You can check out their website at www.keith, you don't have to say that anymore. Come on, son, get your head in the game. Cultivateipsy.com. That's Cultivate, Y is in yo, P is in Paul, S-I dot So check out their website. Learn all about the great things that they've got going on. We'll be back at Cultivate this Saturday, March the 17th. And I will have special guests with me. A good friend of mine, the Ipsy real estate guy, Tyler Weston, will be joining me. And a man who I view as a second father, Gregory Peebles, who's played a big role in my life over the last 18 years, will be joining me on the podcast as well. I'm looking forward to that. Please remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, share with 5 million of your closest friends so that we can continue to spread the word about just how much fatherhood rocks.